Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy's with us in studio. Uh, the lights went out, but they're back. Quite appropriate way to introduce <laughs> our uh, topic today. Wendy, welcome back. Thank you, Pippa. And to you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we're going to be talking about several load shedding related topics, uh, including a look at you know, how uh, inevitably some of the dodgy dealers are creeping in to take advantage for the scramble for backup power supply. I do hope we'll have time for some open line topics as well towards the end of the hour. Uh, the number to dial is 021-446-0567 if you'd like to raise a topic or ask a question about the topic already under discussion you can also send an sms to 31567 or a voice note to 0725671567 already getting some open line emails in which is great stuff i will get to you a little bit later on first though wendy before we talk about load shedding scams and insurance issues etc you actually want to talk about a load shedding related warning Yes, Pippa. So, Christelle Coleman, who is CEO of Boutique Insurance Provider, I'm sure, and very experienced in the industry, we often have her on air, she alerted me to a post on the Parklands Neighbours Facebook page about a house that allegedly burnt down in recent days um, as a result of a couple having been cooking when the scheduled blackout, Oy. which is what we should be calling low shedding, happened. And then they went to bed without turning the stove off. The post reads, when the power came back on, whatever they were cooking, on the stove burnt and set the house alight and um, this post was was apparently made by a neighbor two people lost their lives it was claimed i thought whoa that i didn't hear that I on the news cycle so yeah. did some fact checking because this thing is now being shared on all over the place many groups and whatever and there's nothing there was a fire uh, in deep river on the 4th of may i think it was so this is why we need anyway yeah so so, so and i also take with a pinch of salt but y- y- raising yes. a very valid exactly issue. so yeah. but Christelle, Christelle said to me that um she knows of of claims that um that are as a direct result of this appliances being left, left on. on because they don't seem to be working people going out and huge claims arising so i thought let's let's have her share this warning before we get stuck into the other load shedding topics okay now she was not able to join us live <laughs> at the moment so she has just sent some feedback for us by voice note which we greatly appreciate Crystal okay, uh, let's take a listen to that we've been talking about load shedding and the impact on insurance for about 15 years now so um, I want to tell you about one particular story uh, a couple of years ago a lady was actually drying her hair um, and it was uh, unscheduled or scheduled load shedding I, I can't remember that detail but uh, the power went off and she just put the hair dryer down on her bed and she left the home uh, to be out of the house when the power was off and then um, when the power came back on she never switched the hairdryer off so the hairdryer dryer started up again the bed caught a light and the entire house burned down uh, fortunately she wasn't at home so she was safe uh, that that particular incident is uh, w- would be covered by uh, your insurance policy and you would be paid out in full but you just uh, don't you just don't appreciate how quickly a fire can happen Another interesting case a couple of years ago um, in one of the wealthiest streets in Cape Town, uh, foreign foreign homeowners um, had a very sophisticated uh, backup electricity generator system installed in their home and the power would switch on and off automatically between uh, public power and uh, backup power. They were also out of the home when the power power came back on and there came a huge power surge. You know that uh, it's one of the problems that we have is uh, when the power gets switched back on, sometimes there's a massive power surge. 
and this power surge actually set the you know the 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 connector between the two this electronic device set that alight um it started burning uh, then the whole electronic room or the computer room in the house caught alight and the the entire wiring of the house was destroyed, including the downstairs kitchen and the downstairs, downstairs living areas. And that particular claim was 18 million rand. Um, again, that, that claim was paid out because um, the policy that uh, that covered it, covered power search as, a, as a, an insured peril. But yet, uh, again, a very ex- uh, interesting example, and it just raises the importance of why you must have any electrical installation that you do for backup power but done by a qualified electrician and make sure that you keep record of all those installation documents. Thank you very much, Christelle Coleman. Those are frightening case studies, Wendy. Exactly, and I love the, her when she's an insurance. Obviously, she's going to come back to the insurance advice, and we're going to touch on that um, a little bit later. A bit on later, as well. but yeah. to bear that in mind, and I think, I mean, you can blame people now. You can say, well, well, you shouldn't be using your appliances when you're about to go into into um, a load shedding stage or a load shedding episode, whatever you call them. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I. The stages, the timing, the schedule hasn't been stuck to in my case. It'll go out. You think, oh, it's not happening. It's supposed to be 8 to half past 10, but no, half past 8 it goes off. So a few yeah. days that happened. And then in one day you're going from stage 2 to 3 to 5 to 6. I mean, trying to keep on top of, of all of that is a full-time yeah. job. Yeah. So I think um, it, it, the possibility is high unless you have these backup systems that we're about to talk about that you you distract or whatever. It go, the, the appliance goes off and you and you. You leave it there without realizing. That's uh, one thing with a light. That's okay. But some of these appliances present dangers, as we've just heard. If they're so not, yeah. Okay, thank something you. Something to bear Really important issue. Thank you for raising it. Okay, now on to the topic of how South Africans are adapting to the increasing blackouts, Wendy. Yeah, so we are, as everybody knows, experiencing a particularly dire period. Everyone except those in KZN, by the way, who are still not having load shedding because the city has argued that with the um, flooding of mid-April, the infrastructure, the electrical infrastructure is too unstable to to withstand um, this on-off, which does take a toll, obviously. Um, But ESCOM has apparently said um, that's enough of that. Thank you very much. What is it? Three months on. And... uh, um, they in the coming weeks will also be, but but uh, I didn't realize a whole huge parts yeah. of of, of Itagwini, um that were affected by the floods have not they haven't had a thing since April. I've heard anecdotally that the sort of um, privileged zones that have been protected are are being tightened, are shrinking, shall we say, in <laughs> radius. Uh, yes, hard um, to justify. Really. Yeah, so uh, we know the CBD, for example, was always a protected zone. But, yes. but how far that extends into gardens mm. free and a hook, I believe, is being scaled I, back. In 2019, I lived in a flattened gardens and yeah. initially never got load shedding. Then suddenly it started happening. So yeah. that, that, yeah. So anyway. If you've got load so shedding privilege, enjoy it enjoy and keep it quiet well. about yes, it. Would be exactly. my advice. Okay. Exactly. So, so yes. Yeah, so we, in light of all of this, South Africans are investing heavily in products and systems designed to keep the lights and the appliances on, whatever fits their pockets. Um, self-empowerment at its most literal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but for most of us, this is very much uncharted territory. Add to that a spike in demand um, for surviving the blackouts type products, and you have the perfect breeding ground for scams, dodgy products, and unprofessional conduct. So today we're going to be sharing expert tips on how to navigate the alternative energy supply minefield and share a couple of stories 
of consumers who've had really bad solar experiences just as a as a sort of warning of what can, can happen, wrong. what you okay. should watch out for, yeah. Now, Wendy, when load shedding first started, a lot of people went straight for a generator as an early solution. It was early days. There wasn't a lot of options, uh, weren't a lot of options out there. The generator, not a lot of fun for the neighbours who have to listen to it, but sufficient to get you through a okay. couple of hours. Yeah. But now a couple of hours has become several times a day, uh, extended hours. And, Seven uh, days a week. Yeah. People are realising they need more than that. And a lot of people are looking for something more sophisticated, a bit less intrusive, and also greener than uh, a diesel guzzling generator. Exactly. So we've seen, for example, power packs, not just for your phone, but for your for your entire Hustles, house kind yeah. of situation, more on that in a bit. Solar panels with the inverter batteries type combo. Um, and, and naturally, suppliers and retailers are meeting that demand. So on Monday, Macro, which is part of the MassMart group, issued a press release saying that its stores were experiencing a 300% <coughs> spike in year-on-year sure. sales of generators, inverters, co- gas cooking hobs, gas cylinders, rechargeable globes, and lanterns. Um, and no surprise there. And in the case of its light works or power for less rechargeable globes, which have a built-in battery lasting up to four hours, sales sh- doesn't help you with the uh, six-hour ones, but close. Yeah. Um, sales of those have shot up more than a thousand percent since sure. scheduled blackouts became an everyday thing in recent weeks. So Macro in that press release also detailed some new products they're stocking or about to stock as we hit this load shedding extra phase. Okay. So there's the Moby Vault, a portable device with a built-in lithium-ion battery and inverter, which offers solutions ranging from um, 0.5 kilowatts up to 5 kilowatts, which is substantial, and ranges in price from 15,000 rand to 60,000 rand. Um, so this is the kind of money if you want a, a, a fairly um, robust decent, system. robust, yeah. that's yeah. the word, um, system, that's what you're looking at. The biggest one, that 5 kilowatt Volt, is about the size of a um, cabin size, you know, hand luggage suitcase, a regulation okay. one. So that gives you quite a good idea of what you're looking at there. Uh, they can be connected to a DB board with a coupler, which means that you can then uncouple it, this unit, and take it camping or take it to the office. So I can imagine That's this. Clever. I didn't know this existed, and I don't mean this to be a plug for macro because I'm sure other people will be stocking these. But just interesting to know what's out, out there. there is an option. Exactly, as yeah. a result of all this. And then there's Powerwall, which is... Uh, will be available in macro um, from the end of August. It can be um, fitted next to your DB board and connected by a qualified electrician, please, within 90 minutes. Okay. Uh, also available in 5 kilowatt and 10 kilowatt units, they are an integrated power system comprising the latest inverter technology and the latest lithium phosphate battery technology with a management system to guarantee the user extended battery life. A little while ago, these would have all been mumbo-jumbo words that would have yeah. sailed right over my head, but not anymore. I think all of us are un- have been investigating these sorts of solutions. So this... Um, Powerwall gets charged through your electricity grid, and when load shedding kicks in, your power continues seamlessly, eliminating the impacts or, or, or certainly massively reducing the impact of load shedding. So kind of like, as I said, you have this power bank for your phone, which you must remember to charge up. Yes. But this one is a power bank for your home, and it and it's plugged in, and so you don't have to remember. Um 
and my question was, as I was reading that, well, where you know, ideally you don't want to be powering it from the grid. You want to be powering it um, solar when it's when the sun's shining, anyway. Yeah. Um, so yes, it, it's also 100% solar ready. That uh, and it includes all the accessories required to connect the system to solar panels. Um, should you get one, another big plus is that the batteries are good enough to perform optimally for 6,000 full recharge cycles and can recharge to full. This is the question we all want to know within two hours. So that pretty much helps you out that sorts out your, your stage 6 because that's the problem so many people are having that the systems they've got can't cope with the no. stage 6 there's not enough time to fully recharge and, them before the next and cycle and that's starts. what led to one of our okay. case studies getting into trouble yes so you, you okay. think you're sorted You were, what was worked for you in 2019 isn't necessarily it, good enough it's anymore. not going to be good enough anymore okay just a note our guest who we're about to bring in listening to that has just informed us off that apparently the power wall is now called the Omni Vault to give it its proper name okay uh, so thank you for that Gary is the man in question Gary Lindhorst is Macro's DIY merchandise manager and is with us on the line to talk a little bit more about uh, these options. Gary, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Welcome. It's a pleasure. Thank you and good afternoon to listeners. Hi, Gary. Thank you. It's Wendy here. So the one thing, you talked about the the costs um, of the, uh, what was the other thing? The uh, MobiVault. So what is is the new name of it? The OmniVault. What is the OmniVault? Yes. No, let me clarify. MobiVault is in the business at the moment, and, they, and they're selling really well. The, the power wall is actually called the OmniVault. Yes, that's, uh, and that's And that's the name for it, OmniVault. Okay, so, so the MobiVault so, still is in the business at the moment. You. Yeah. So you gave us the pricing on the various kilowatt capacities of, of the MobiVault, but we didn't hear anything about the power wall now called OmniVault costs. What is someone going to have to fork out to get that solution in their home? All right. So there's two options. The one is the one is a, a five kilowatt solution. It's got it obviously comprises of an inverter plus plus lithium phosphate batteries, which is the latest technology in in batteries. Uh-huh. And that's why they can charge up within two hours because that's quite important for sure. for stage six. Yes. Um, so you can charge them up. So they're going to retail. There's two sizes. The one is five kilowatt. The one is ten kilowatt. The five kilowatt will retail for around ninety nine thousand, and the ten kilowatt will be around one hundred and fifty nine thousand. And I think, as you mentioned, I didn't hear your full conversation before I joined, but it comes with a solar-ready kit, yes. in other words, all the cabling and everything that you need, that you just need to get the panels installed on your roof, and then you can uh, produce your own electricity. Okay, so that's my next question. Is is um, Macro going to stop there, or are you going to be uh, retailing this, the panels that will then enable people to go that step further? Yeah, we are. We are. We've been busy for a year now building up a, a um, an offering for customers on solar solutions. Uh, we don't plan on selling loose loose equipment in the stores, such as solar panels. That's not our business. Okay. But what we are going to be offering customers uh, probably in the next five weeks in in uh, four different stores around the country. One of them in the Cape um, is a um, install. There's eight different options with full installation and certificate of compliance. Okay. So we're only going to sell installed solutions. We're not going to sell the loose components that that people might want. Okay. Well, um, so that so um, for each family though, um, their circumstances and energy requirements determine, um, you know, which alternative energy system or product um, is going to be a fit for them um, in terms of their home and their and their finances, etc. Um, so. Will Macro have staff on hand in stores who are trained and able to advise customers accordingly? Because I think that's part of the whole thing, given that you know that we're not used to um, in investing in this kind of product, and it's a it's a lot of investment. 
Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, when you look, this is, this is a very fast-changing category because there's innovation coming out all the time. So we have regular training sessions. Um, fortunately, with Zoom, it, it's easy to do everybody sure. at one at one session, but we do these on a regular basis. Uh, lately, it's been every week, um, but every couple of weeks, we're doing updates with the guys. So, um, yeah, this is a big category in macro, and uh, hopefully soon we'll have um, our own depart- a separate department just for alternate power okay. solutions because there's a lot more than... <laughs> Than, than what um, inverters and generators. You know, there's things like uh, heat pump geysers, for example, that can save people uh, a couple of kilowatts of, of power per day. So these are all options you've got to look at. Because if you want to get off the grid or reduce your demand on, on electricity, you need to, to try and save on the big ones. And the big one is your geyser. It's like three and a half kilowatts yeah. of yeah. consumption. So. So, so we're, we're all, all of these options for customers, absolutely. And we're all required, suppliers and consumers, to get wise energy wise in google get in, yeah. and figure out because a lot of money to pay for the wrong thing absolutely gary thank you so much for joining us today just to give us that insight into what you're offering and the trading that's going with it to make sure that the staff are able to advise customers on their needs gary lindhorst macros diy merchandise manager so the news just to recap what's happening with load shedding is that load shedding is continuing but it's going to be at stage three until midnight no longer stage four as was previously communicated and then overnight load shedding at stage two Two is going to reduce to stage one from midnight to 5 a.m. So it's stage three until midnight and then stage one from naught to five. The this complication is, I was just talking exactly, about. Exactly. It's keeping track of this and knowing when you're going off and when you're coming back on. This is how these accidents happen, Wendy, of people just not remembering that things were on. So, okay, we'll keep you posted. If it changes again, we'll let you know. Before the break, we heard about some of the products that Macro has been uh, offering in this space with some very interesting solutions there. Wendy, there was also some other interesting consumer advice that came out this past week that you wanted yes, to mention. Yes, so Dial Direct and the team at SolarCraft, it's a, a solar installation company um, that's been in the business for something like three decades um, they issued consumer advice um, about this this topic switching to an energy smart household um, so they, you know they said first you start with the with the free things that you can do you switch off your lights you set your geyser thermostats to a lower temperature um, or you can invest in one of those apps where you can control it um, the entire day which is really good really worth the money um, you've, you've, you've bought your energy efficient globes your geyser time as I said your heat pumps your solar panels for uh, your your geyser then the next thing is uh, your um, solar panels which give you independence from the network and uh, have a lower impact on the environment when it comes to choosing a system, says Rohan Matthias, who's a director at SolarCraft, the best solution is firstly determined by your current consumption and how energy efficient you are. That's stages one and two with all those other things we just mentioned. Not the size of your house or the amount of people in it. Um, and secondly, by your requirements during an outage. And this is the kind of thing I was talking about with Gary from Macro, yep. saying there needs to be this consultation with an expert so that you know, you get the right thing for your needs. Um, so if you just need, if you only want lights only, a small system will cost you around 15,000 rand. Um, it charges from the grid. It switches to battery power when the supply is interrupted. Um, and you can get energy-efficient globes that help uh, get the maximum runtime run from batteries. Um uh, for about 90,000 rand, I'm sort of really jumping here, yep. you can install a 5 kilowatt system. We were just talking about about one with 3 kilowatt solar panels and a 4.8 uh, kilowatt hour lithium battery with estimated savings of 15 to 18 kilowatt hours on a sunny day. Solar panel and solar water heating systems 
are an excellent um, investment with low risk. Here's the, an important um, estimate. Um, you can pay for the solar heating, you know, the, the panel that just feeds your, gives you yep. hot water, basically. Those pay for themselves in less than two years. A solar panel system, obviously, out for, forking out a lot more, yep. can do the same in three and a half to six years. So, yes, it is an outlay, but we clearly run, know that this is a, a long-run scenario, and, and that's what you're looking at. Yeah. Okay. Now, as we said, Wendy, it's it's a lot to wrap your head around if you're not particularly engineering or mechanical-minded to know what to ask for, to know what what to buy and who to get to install these systems. Did Sonocraft give any advice yes. on choosing a reputable installer? Yes, and I, I really think it's important to, to share this. So ask how long they've been in business, how many successful installations uh, they've done, and what sort of after-sales support. We're not talking about warranties here. We're talking about after-sales support in five years' time when your warranties are over. Uh-huh. You still want to be able to call upon those people to come and help if, if Fix it someone, if, if, yeah. if your panel shatters or, you know, you, you need that that backup years down the line. Ask uh, what sort of feedback they've had from existing or previous clients uh, and ask to see it. Ask, ask to for their details. I mean, they'll, they'll happily give them to you if they're if they're um, a reputable supplier. And then check. It's very easy to apply, to supply fake names and details. Check that they're authentic. Um, I just added that last bit in. Yep. Whether the installations. Ask them whether the installations adhere to SANS and NURSA requirements. This in, this industry is regulated. Um, ask if they're done by qualified and registered electricians and very important whether an electrical engineer <laughs> checks the quality of components and installations. Ah. Um, you can imagine this is, you've got to have <laughs> professionals doing these things. Whether they have enough knowledge to provide good advice and whether the product they offer is 100% suited to your needs and uh, something that I think it was um, Christelle mentioned, there must be a certificate of compliance issued after the installation. That's what, certainly what your insurers going to want to um, see. Um, so it's a lot of boxes to check and tick, but Wendy, good coop is dear coop. Exactly, uh, and people say. are desperate. And, and I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah, um, very never more so is, is that going to apply, I fear. Um, um, Solarcraft advises that when it comes to the design of and care for these systems, it's better to get a system that is slightly bigger than what you currently need as pressure on the system will be lower, limiting the risk of problems. And so oh. I hadn't heard that before. I think that's, that's quite valid. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of safety, most modern inverters have monitoring systems that will alert you when something is amiss. And it's important to address this immediately, have the source of the problem located and fixed. So I imagine there are cheaper inverters out there that maybe or older ones that perhaps don't have that alert system. And that's um, something you want to not have in your house. You want to be able to monitor it. Okay. Now, we spoke to Crystal. Well, Crystal spoke to us earlier about yes. the insurance implications of, of load shedding related accidents. What about insuring the systems, the backup systems themselves? Okay. Okay, so this advice was from uh, Daldoric. They said freestanding <coughs> systems can be specified under all risk insurance and they can be covered under home contents if they're not located outside. Systems that are permanently connected to a building will be covered under buildings insurance um, or um, homeowners, it's called. Um, but the, sh- the insured value of the building must be adjusted accordingly. Very important. You must alert your insurer yes, that you've installed it. Yes, okay. otherwise you, they'll say, well, you're underinsured. Okay. And your claim will be cut down by the... The percentage, percentage of we've, we've okay. covered that with yeah. other things. Um, any installation must be done according to the manufacturer's specifications and the relevant building regulations. Inclusions and exclusions are in most cases the same 
as for all risk insurance, home contents and buildings insurance, depending on where the system is included or specified. So it's very important to get clarity directly from your insurer. This is what I've got. Will you insure it? What's the premium? What do I need to do to insure um, a, a successful claim? Okay. And it's all on record, and then there's no surprises for, for either of you when when if something when goes go wrong. wrong. Okay, yes, as we've advice. heard from Crystal, that can go okay. wrong. Now, speaking of things going wrong, let's take a look at a couple of case studies that have come okay. our way. Uh, should we start with Derek and Bill Hart? Yeah, so in May of 2019, I did ask Derek uh, to join us, by the way, to tell his story himself, but he's traveling. Um, Derek had a solar system installed, and the system was working fine, he says, until ESCOM intensified its load shedding uh, recently. And I think, as we said earlier, a lot of people who did make a significant investment um, to load shedding proof themselves early on, t- early on, two, three years ago, and now when it worked perfectly and now finding themselves um, that it, finding it's not working so well. So um, that's what happened to Derek. Um, he the battery was being drained too soon um, and he asked the installer to jumpstart the battery a few times which they did at 450 rand a time so that was getting a bit expensive and then the contractor advised him to upgrade his system which is how Derek came to pay that same installer that he was you know he was happy with initially uh, 24,000 rand for solar panels and a 2.4 kilowatt hour lithium battery that was in November of last year and when I read that initially, I thought that's quite a, low, a small amount. Um, the reason it was a very discounted amount was that the solar panels were just a fraction of the usual price because the contractor said they were part of a batch of brand new panels that he'd acquired. They had a superficial defect Uh-oh. in that the outer glass was cracked, but they'd been tested by him and found to be 100% functional. Derek says, I questioned him on the longevity and capacity of these panels, but he assured me it was, they were excellent except for these minor uh, cosmetic defects. So Derek made, gave the go-ahead and paid. Uh, in short, Derek says that despite the contractor's assurance that the panels were just fine, it was just a cosmetic issue, that didn't prove to be the case. From the get-go, they did not feed the inverter at all. They were just Oy. decorations on his roof. When he reported this to the company, they changed the fuses, but that didn't help at all. The inverter's display confirmed this, that the feed was coming from um, ESCOM, not uh, from the sun. But the contractor chose to take no responsibility for them. He's since got another contractor in to replace the panels. That contractor confirmed that the smashed panels were ineffective. Um, and so he's now looking to the original company to pay him 5,512 Rand, which is the cost of the four defect- defective panels and the new contractor's labor. And that seems pretty, pretty fair yeah, that's to me. Quite a reasonable thing to ask Bearing for, so. in mind that the Consumer Protection Act. Um, covers this Um, so he was due for a full refund um, because he complained within a week and you have a six month warranty whatever a supplier gives you you have a six month CPA primarily Um, so um, yeah so on Monday morning I asked that contractor via email if he was prepared to pay that amount I got no response um, Derek tells me that his, he previously had an attorney ask him for the full amount as he would be entitled to in terms of the Consumer Protection Act. Um, and um, according to Derek, he told the attorney, quote, go play with someone else, Oi. unquote. Um, so, so as you said, in terms of the Consumer Protection Act, Derek paid for working solar fa- panels. What was installed were solar panels that weren't working. No. Clearly not fit for purpose. He's entitled to his choice of a refund, a replacement or a repair. Oh. He could have asked for a full refund for the system. 
as you said, I think he's been incredibly well. Yes, yeah, so he's using the same inverter, yeah. I think, yeah. and so he's saying this is is, is actual out of pocket. And only fair. Anyway, I really wanted to name the company and have the response. Um, I um, emailed them on Monday morning. Um, There's just only had an email address at first, and then I found a cell number. I've left a voice message. I've left a text. I haven't had a response. You know that we have to be very careful because they're entitled to the right to reply. The right of reply. So I'm going to spend the next week working very hard on that and making sure that they because you there's always this this Fear that they, for whatever reason, the email landed landed up in their junk folder, or what? What you you um you need to make absolutely sure that they have been given the right of reply, and uh, clearly he's in business and they need, he needs to be contactable. I would, would imagine for yeah. people that want to give him business. So I'll keep trying in the next week, and we'll come back um, with that um, next week. But I just want wanted to include it because of the fact that we this is our topic this week. Um, and Derek's isn't, I mean, isn't the only no, sub story we no, have received. I, I wanted but, um, to just yeah. add, when I was talking to Derek, I said, I sent him what um, Solar Craft had said, these are the questions you must ask. And I said, had you asked him, you know, what, what what boxes would have been ticked? And he said, he did ask about the warranties back in November before the installation, given that these these panels were cosmetically <coughs> defective. And he, he asked about warranties and uh, on both the compa- components and the workmanship he says the contractor didn't commit and none of those warranties have ever been forthcoming um, and he didn't get any certificate, et cetera, et cetera. So okay. this is a, Lots of red flags. an example of what you could be up against in the marketplace, especially now when the demand is if so you're not crazy. Being very careful. Yeah. yeah, okay. So um, the second one um, is, yeah, I'm all for supporting the small guys as long as they play by the rules. And that means, among other things, all the other regulations we have for the Consumer Protection Act. So Bert Mars of Cape Town bought four solar panels from Proton Solar Distributors online, paying 9,160 rand and an additional 417 rand for their delivery. He was not given any options around the delivery. The company had its own third-party courier deliverer. They arranged it, told him what, what the price was, and he paid. So um, they were delivered on the 24th of May, but one of the four panels was broken. So he just assumed it was a simple matter of the company replacing it um, because their own T's and C's on the website say, in the unlikely event that your item arrives damaged or faulty, please notify us as soon as possible for a replacement, if available, store credit or a full refund. So, and as as we've said, the CPA covers it anyway. You don't need a company to, um, to, to offer that, specifically yeah. offer it. You have it automatically, whether the company knows it or likes it. Um Section 19 applies, and this is to anything that's been delivered to you. Goods to be delivered remain at the supplier's risk until the consumer has accepted delivery of them. I double-checked with the Ombudsman, uh, Consumer Goods and Services. I ran this case by them, and they said, absolutely. Um, it's another good reason, if you can, to open the product when the when the delivery, delivery is still there, so yeah. there can be no doubt that they did arrive in that state and that you didn't smash them or break them Drop or stain the box them on or your whatever. Way from the gate into the house. Yes. Yeah. So he says, Bert phoned the company multiple times, he says, and they said it was his fault for not taking out insurance. Well, that's a sad issue with the CPA. And anyway, he says there wasn't even an option of insurance at their own checkout when he was buying on that site. Um, the courier company told Bert um, that, no, they don't take any liability either. Um, so I w- took it up with the company and the company said um, that um, th- th- that that term and conditions that in the unlikely event that your item arrives damaged or faulty, we'll replace or refund. She said, 
Um, the quoted email as per our policy is only valid when goods are being delivered directly from us. Um, hello, they're but, online and they arranged the courier. So it was directly, was from, them. directly from them. Yeah. Um, then she said the client can do an online payment and make a payment thus means he is then responsibly for courier. I, I mean, I, it's nonsense. Take it from whence it comes to you. Yeah. We sent out the panel in good working condition with fragile stickers. If there's a problem, then the client needs to resolve it with a courier company. No. hope this answers everything. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. It was just so wrong on every level. Um, all I could do was advise um, Bert to, um, having having raised this with the CGSO, the Bert, to lodge a complaint with them. He's done. They've acknowledged receipt, and that's another to be continued of what what the outcome is. But, you know, they don't have any um, teeth. They can make, come to this finding, which will obviously be you need to refund uh, that panel or replace it. But, I mean, he will have replaced it by now. So he gets to choose a refund. Yeah. And, and if they choose not to, then um, there's not a lot that can happen there. We can refer it to the tribunal, which is obviously the consumer tribunal, obviously inundated. So... So yeah, a couple of cases I just wanted to share in the context of 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 this topic that um, it, you really need to do your homework. Um, mm. I don't know that buying solar panels online is necessarily a deal way, to do, way to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless it's a really reputable company that you know is going to take responsibility for something that goes wrong. So an engineer listening to this, a senior technologist uh, in the electrical division of an engineering firm has just mailed me, Wendy, saying, listening to this conversation, this is interesting, City of Cape Town regulations state that if you're going to install a grid-tied small-scale embedded generation hybrid system, in other words, a system... You need a permit. You require a professional engineer or professional Uh, technologist to sign off on the installation. Yes. And the insurer okay. will require that as well. So obviously, that's not the kind of installation that um, who was our first complainant, um, uh, Derek. Derek, yeah, that Derek had, and and it's very very important to just for once not go on price. Well, you can go on price if you're comparing apples with apples, but make sure but you are. people that are yeah. they're ticking all the right boxes. This is these are major installations with a lot that can go wrong. Yeah. This person goes on to say most solar installation companies don't offer the above service, so you will need to get an electrical engineer or technologist over over and above the installation. So keep in mind the cost of that, which can be between 1,500 and 5,000 rand, depending yeah. on the complexity. It's the same with electric fences. So I yeah. had one done, and um, when I sold my home recently, um, they were, I thought I had paid extra for it, but no, they wanted another one. I had to pay... I think it was fifteen hundred rand for for the one that the conveyancer found acceptable. So yes, it's good that there are these these um, regulations, this, this oversight. But um, don't think that oh, I'm just going to go with this guy because you know he's going to cut the corners and it's going to be cheaper. It's not a good it's, idea. Yeah, good cup is dear cup. Yeah. Okay, um, Amanda just messaging to say, while you're on the subject of uh, electricity and fires, please warn listeners to avoid placing charges where they're exposed to the sun, even when unplugged. A family member's home burnt down after he left the home for a few days and left the unplugged charger on a bed. The exposure to summer sun caused the charge Gosh. to catch fire, resulting in extensive damage. Charger for what? A phone? I'm assuming she means a phone charger. 
That's quite extraordinary. But Amanda, okay, any wow. word of caution? Just I'm going to Google that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what need to be looked into. Because we do get intense heat in, in summer. Okay. Craig also sending a warning saying battery warranties are really not worth the paper they're written on. I bought batteries from Current Automation and they used every excuse they could to get out of the warranty after 10 months. They said the batteries aren't desired for level six. And my inverter wow. doesn't charge enough. Well, I'm afraid that that's their risk. If I mean... Why, let, why should that be the consumer it's risk? Yeah. It has a... It has Unless a, it was communicated to the consumer a, before exactly. they bought the system. Thank yeah. you for making that very yeah. important point. So if that's the case, they need to be disclosing that the person is making an informed choice. Okay. So this is, this is where, this is what stage six, regular stage four and six is, is putting us as consumers. What worked before... Is not necessarily going to work no. anymore. Yeah. Okay. Where do you? That's where we wrap the uh, electricity conversation. We've literally got two or three minutes, and I think this is a question which can be tackled in two or three minutes. I hope so I'm going to so. jump into an open line query. E, uh, Keith emailed this through very early in the show. He bought a fridge off Facebook Marketplace, and he says okay. two days later already, it gave me problems. I'm already worried. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two days later it gave me problems. I contacted the seller and asked for a refund, and he refused. I told him, according to the consumer law, I'm allowed a refund. He told me that's only for shops, not for <laughs> selling on Marketplace. Is it correct? No, what nonsense. If you're selling, um, uh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Was it a new fridge? No, it would have, I would imagine the secondhand fridge. Oh, probably. Yeah. okay. Okay. No, he is right. It's it's a, um, sorry, I thought it was a company using Facebook Marketplace to okay, sell. Okay, so two separate answers. If, if you're it's a, a company, brand new fridge bought yes. that way. Yes, then and and the person is a is a is a is a supplier, a dealer, a retailer in the normal course of business, and that's just an advertising platform that they've chosen. Then definitely the CPA's implied warranty section fifty six for those that want to look it up applies. But if it's a, a private sale, then whether it's a car or a fridge or whatever else, it is true. It is footstools, and that makes it very very high risk. So you can buy secondhand, but from somebody you. No, There's and no trust preferably, yes, but um, yeah. So that there is a risk you get a bit. You might get a good deal, but you you, you carry, carry a the big risk, risk. that if something goes wrong, there's no recourse. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Keith, I'm not sure which applies. Um, so if it was an advertise, you know, an, an advert for a new fridge that was sold to you via marketplace as the advertising uh, platform, you do have the right to insist on a refund. If it was a second-hand fridge that you bought in a private deal, unfortunately, you do not. Thank you very much for your email. And Wendy Nola, as always, thank you for the work you do on behalf of all of our listeners. <laughs> Thanks, Papa. We'll chat again next week. Will do.